Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Jacob on from EduMe, and we'll be learning about the business case, the use case for why his prospects and customers have picked EduMe. And uh, can't wait to jump into it. Jacob, would you do us a favor and, and introduce both yourself and EduMe? Yeah, I'm happy to. And thanks for having me on sure. the podcast. So um, I'm originally Swedish. As we just chatted about, I'm based in London since now almost 10 years, spent the last 20 years abroad, uh, started my career working in fairly fast-moving entrepreneurial companies, um, quite a few years working in emerging markets, which is also where I came up with the idea for Edgemi. And we can go back in history, but just to tell you what Edgemi is and what we do, we give everyone the opportunity to be successful at work. And we do that through our mobile-based training platform that's built for the deskless workforce. I love that. Deskless workforce. I've heard this phrase uh, a few times, which I love, um, but <clears throat> let's let's act like I haven't. Uh, uh, and, and break it down for the office. When, you, when we say de- deskless workforce, what does that mean? Yeah. Anyone who's not based at a desk when they perform their work. Uh, so as opposed to myself, uh, possibly you too, William, um, you know, if you're a nurse, if you're a delivery driver, if you work in hospitality or in retail, you work in manufacturing, then you're effectively deskless. And so, and, oh, good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just going to say it's, you know, one, one, I think it's, COVID has really, you know, pandemic has really brought increased awareness and urgency to this audience and this part of the economy. 80% of the global working population, 2.7 billion people uh, form part of the deskless workforce. But it's really, really underserved, really underrepresented. Um, I, I do think that it started coming to the forefront, you know, with nurses or your food delivery or your parcel delivering, uh, being delivered during uh, the pandemic, you know, it's really made people aware of all of these people. And so, and so what is the, when we, when we break down the deskless workforce, what do they need? What are the tools uh, that they need that are different than, oh, well, just let's, let's just start with what do they need first? And then we'll deal with what's yeah. different or similar than. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll start going back to kind of why I started Edgeny. Yeah, uh, because it that. also explains it explains you know the need I believe. So I mentioned I worked in emerging markets for many years. I was working for at one point for a big mobile operator, and they had uh, very big. We were building a product where we could deliver training to their mobile subscribers. So that's kind of you know in the very pre what Edgemi looks like today. And I spent a lot of time in these markets launching the service and i realized that they were struggling the mobile operator they were struggling to onboard and train their own staff 
they had thousands of people that were selling and marketing their products and their services. And they tried to get them into a face-to-face -face setting during that onboarding phase. And that took a lot of time. But the first hurdle was that you know, only a fraction of people would go there because they'd spend days away from actually earning a living. And the people that did come in, they were very uh, excited and engaged and better trained and better equipped to do a good job uh, once they've done that several days of training. However, after a couple of months, they'd forget the things they'd learned because mm. we tend to forget things. It's the, you know, the forgetting curve. So it needs to be repeated, but there was no way of delivering continuous uh, learning. And they started, you know, also the products and services, they evolved and things changed. And they were not aware of these things. They were not up to date. Um, and as they were no longer supported, their engagement started to deteriorate and that led to churn. So at that point, I figured, you know, this thing that we originally looked at, which was delivering content to, uh, to a mobile phone, bite-sized, what if we tried to solve for this problem? Because I couldn't see a good solution in the market. And, and so that's, that's really when I started building Edgemy. So what do people need? They need to be supported as they come into a new job. So the onboarding to be successful, that's setting them up for ongoing success. Also, as we saw firsthand, it sets them up for you know, increased engagement, increased loyalty, and reducing churn. So it's onboarding is one use case. Then you have enabling high performance is our second use case. You know, once you're onboarded, how do you as a company ensure that your workforce knows all the right things, they have the right knowledge to be successful because then they will produce more and better for the company and they will also stay for the company. And the third use case that we're focused on is workforce safety and compliance. As you can imagine during the pandemic, a lot of people had to be trained very quickly on, on how to deal with these situations. Love that. I love it. I love it. I did a, a stint for a number of years and I studied user adoption and uh, of, of <clears throat> in particular HR and recruiting software. So really myopic, mm -hmm. uh, but, but I did it for about five years of my life. And, and, and what I found is so much of it came back to yes, communication and change management and all of this other stuff, but so much of it came back to training. And kind of this mm -hmm. relentless pursuit of training, not just one and done kind of how we, you know, how we used to look at training, classroom training, you know, where people would get together and we'd, we'd teach them something. Uh, but it's more of a relentless pursuit of kind of every time you log into the software, you learn something new. So mm -hmm. I, I love, I, I love the fact that you've, you've seen some of the, some of the same things. Um, what's, what's been going on in training that we should be aware of? I mean, can, you know, you, you blink and the market changes, especially something like mm -hmm. as big as training. So for the audience, what's new in training that you kind of look at and you're like, okay, this is really cool. Yeah. Again, I would look at it through the lens of what we do with uh, the deskless worker. Mm -hmm. And so we see that they, they want and they need better technology. 70% uh, self-report that they want more tech enablement. 80% uh, say it's an important factor in choosing a job. 
A recent Microsoft research piece uh, called out that almost 80% of leaders say equipping frontline workers or deskless workers with technology is key to success. Actually, uh, in our space, they're vastly underserved. So when we look at um, venture funding, 99% go to deskbound, 1% goes to, to deskless, even though it's 80%. And so what, what I've found is that existing tech solutions are still mostly built for deskbound workers, you know, PC access, uninterrupted time, one size fits all approach, you know, clunky, unengaging. Um, and we've seen that 80% of deskless workers, they're given access to PCs and laptops, which obviously doesn't make sense. But I do think the flip side of that is we're starting to see a bit of a groundswell movement to better support people in that sense. And I think the way to do that is, you know, Josh Burson, he coined this phrase, learning in the flow of work. And I do think that this is the way to go. It's what we're trying to enable. It's what I see others working towards as well. How, instead of saying, here's another tool, download it, log in, remember all those things, and go and do this thing, you know, everyone at once. It's a lot of friction. You know, speaking of user adoption, it's really hard. So instead, if you can embed that in their existing processes, in existing workflows, you lower the barrier to adoption like massively. Um, and then you're much more able to provide them with that, in our case, like knowledge support to be successful. So to, to your question, I think the good things that are starting to happen is providing this seamless experience, uh, embedding in existing workflows and processes. That works really well when you can also address the relevance issue in that learning in the flow of work. So it's not a one-size-fits-all approach to everyone. Learn this thing once a year, whether you are interested, whether you need it, doesn't matter, to, hey, William, you've just done so-and-so, and it's time for you to be upskilled uh, as, a, as a way forward or a corrective measure. You know, you, you're... You were just got uh, another three-star rating. Well, maybe it's time to look at your customer service ratings, and, and this is how we can help you. So that's what I'm seeing. There, that's where I see the future. I, well, first of all, I love that. Um, where do you where do you lean in, uh, or where do you kind of where do you believe uh, in terms of like this testing and certification? So it's 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 always kind of been a kind of a weird relationship between training. And then how do we know that the, the person has, I don't know, consumed the training or received the training uh, mm-hmm. that we want them to receive? So uh, it's probably as course by course or, or, you know, initiative by initiative. But I'm just curious mm-hmm. as to what your thoughts are as to how you think about uh, certification, testing, et cetera. I think it's a very important step on the way. It's uh means to an end rather than the final thing, right? Because I think what really matters is that you see behavior change or that you see business impact. So I think that's the right place to start. And then you go backwards. How do you ensure you drive behavior change that people are more careful and there are fewer safety accidents? Or how do you ensure that Jacob becomes um, better equipped to do his job so he'll give better customer service, something like this? And then you go backwards. 
it's ensuring that people are then trained. How do you ensure that um, push or pull as uh, so you can do certification as a motivation to do it and also for the company to be able to say, okay, Jacob has done that training and now we can correlate that with his, with his performance. So another important step is just completion. And so that's another thing when it comes to like adoption and, and seamlessness. How do you provide a no friction experience, great user experience, so people actually do the training, so they learn something, so you can then have you know, that business impact and on the way uh, you're tested. And I think there are two, two thoughts just on, on testing certification. One is we build in quizzes into our product, uh, which is not a way to say you, you flunked it or you didn't. It's because you can also use incorrect feedback and positive um, encouragement for answers to learn in a better way. And then you can also add assessments where typically if you have a compliance use case, you know, that's maybe where you want that certification to be able to show that even to an external party at an audit, for example. So those are those are some of my my thoughts on that. On that, I love that you mentioned micro learning. Um, mm. What's what's been going on in micro learning in the last couple of years? Um, I think quite a lot, and I think it's definitely uh, as a, as a concept. Sometimes people have been leading with that as a concept. Right. Again, I I'd rather go back to like who who's the audience? What's the use case? How, how do you best serve them? So if you're serving a desk as worker, they're on the move, which means it needs to be mobile first. Like don't do it on a traditional kind of LMS or at a desktop because they won't be able to consume it. The second thing char characteristic is that the audience, they're very short in time. So it needs to be snackable, bite-sized, focused, hence the micro-learning approach, which is then, you know, in, in its shape and form, short and focused um, our approach is a lesson should be three to five minutes long it's great if it contains a video a video is a great way of conveying information in an engaging way that video out of a three to five minute lesson is maybe not more than two minutes long right um and video is an interesting concept because you have this um you know emergence of video platforms out there like cons consumer at a consumer level, um, even just think about like TikTok and how people communicate with, with video. And so that's also an interesting aspect where the audience are digital natives. They're used to all these tools in their, in their five to nines, their leisure time. But why are you not providing that during the nine to five, like working time? So that's, a, that's kind of the micro learning short bite-sized shorter attention spans, less time, uh, video as a very engaging uh, means of, of communication. Right. So uh, a few things on, on the uh, buy side that I'd, I'd like to unpack. One is your favorite part of the demo when you first show Edgeby to somebody for the first time, what do you love showing them? Like, what do you really know that once you get to this part of the demo or this part of the presentation, you're going to be like, okay, they're going to fall in love with it. Mm -hmm. Definitely the, the seamlessness of it, uh, the user experience. So they see that, oh, wow, it's, it's that simple. And there's no friction. 
uh, it's so easy to get to, it's so easy to consume. And so then they can see, okay, people will actually consume it, we'll have high completion rates, and we can actually drive an impact. So I would I would say that's that's it. And that seamlessness is is achieved. For example, I, I mentioned before, one way is maybe using a shift planning tool. And then edging as a training solution is, is surfaced at the right time. You just, you know, you're gonna go on a shift tomorrow and there are certain things you need to know, it will just pop up. Or we have an integration with Uber for Uber driver partners. So they can get feedback. Maybe you've had, you know, three consecutive rides with a three-star rating and uh, something will pop up in the Uber app saying, hey, you may wanna, wanna look at your, your customer service ratings and how you can do better. And tap one-click access, and they consume you know relevant content. So that that's the aha moment. So, and is this is a dumb question or uh, Jacob? <clears throat> how do you how do you know like if people like to learn differently? Uh, I would say learning styles or learning differences, uh, both being different. But um, how do you do you assess or how do you assess? whether or not you know people like to learn differently and how do you adjust for that mm. we do both in our user research um up front to be an input to our learning strategy and the learning mm. design uh, then it's also partly we can see uh, by analyzing data from from the dashboard from the back end you can compare different courses that have been produced with different types of input content and see where there is higher uh, completion rates, for example. That's one way. Mm. Uh, another way is we have built-in surveys. So you can add a course survey. Oh, that's cool. At the end of yeah. the course and ask ask uh, you know your learners whatever you want, really, but it could be, you know, what did you like about this? What did you not like? How can it be improved? So that's a way of getting direct feedback, qualitative feedback. I love that. I love that. So some of your favorite customer stories, without names, of course, just just customer stories where you love uh, people have adopted Edumi, and you're just uh, you just love what they've done with it. Yeah. Again, I would go back to this seamless and relevant experience we've done. So we work with one of well, the largest ride-hailing company in the world. This is Public Information, uh, where we've helped deliver training at scale across 60 markets. Um, and one, one case is what I mentioned before, where you can really drive behavior change based on you know, highly personalized uh, uh, information you need support in this area or that area. That's what you're getting. It's not right. the same as everyone else at the same time. And also the ability to do this at scale at the right time. So like during the pandemic where you had hundreds of thousands, millions of people that needed to be, to be trained on their own safety and the safety of their customers that we could deploy very quickly at scale and and um, have have that real impact because uh, it was seamless and because it was relevant. So two things that, uh, that I want to unpack. Uh, one is, is learning and training is the way that you've envisioned it. What, it, what should it be tied to? Uh, I'm thinking in other 
kind of the HR tech or uh, other types of things that for the employee um, and, and like what else should it be connected to uh, in your mind? Like should it be con- connected to performance or connected to internal mobility or connected to like what, what should training and development and learning, what should it be tied to for the employee? It should be tied to the employee or the worker's success. And there's a number of ways of doing that. If you're in a frontline role and you're incentivized on how well you're doing, then training should help you do that better, uh, increase your earning power, uh, increase your satisfaction with the company you're working for. It should ensure that you're safe um, in, in every, uh, every sense of, of the word. Um, so it's really an empowerment for, for that end user. And I think in, a, in order to, to deliver that, you really need to tie it back into the work they're doing, uh, established workflows, established work processes, uh, because then you can align with what the company is after, be that um, increased revenue or reduced customer churn or something like that, really moves the needle for the company. At the same time, that aligns their their interest with that of, of the worker. That's awesome. So that could be... Yeah, go ahead. Right, they could be upskilled and get a. They could be upskilled um, through training, get a better job, be more successful. They could do their existing job better. So I think there are the number of ways under kind of under that umbrella for them to look at. I love that buying questions uh, that you you know when you talk to somebody and they just really kind of get edgy. Me, you can kind of tell uh, because of the questions that they ask or questions they don't ask. Uh, so what are the, some of the, the questions that you love to hear from people when practitioners ask you? And, and again, we probably should back up for just a second. The practitioners you're working uh, with mostly are training and development, learning and development folks. So um, we've have great product market fit in mm-hmm. the on-demand space for gig companies. Oh, cool. And in that space, typically we work with people in operations. Right. When we work with other frontline industries, yeah, then yes, it's L&D or commercial. So questions from the L&D folks, let's say. Mm-hmm. What, would, uh, what would those questions look like that you, let's deal with the ones that you just love uh, and you know that they, they get it they understand mm. and uh ones that you you know obviously it's 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 a, it's a little bit harder because it's pushing a boulder up a hill mm. um i think you know what kind of content can you can you work with does it integrate with so and so that's part of their um hr stack for example uh, can you how can you connect this to uh, our desired outcomes uh, so anything to do with uh, insights, data analytics, um, I think they they really kind of get that. Um, the content creation side of things that I was alluding to, like the type of content, but also right. how you build it out. Um, th- those are all really uh, fun things to talk about and, and to show them. And, and content creation, just so the audience understands, the they can take on content creation themselves, right? So they can create, I mean, that's the idea is that they create the content 
that they need to uh, for their for their folks, right? That's that's correct. Right. So uh, Edgemi's end-to-end learning platform with a proprietary authoring platform. So they author, they assign it to whoever they want to to get that content. People will consume it, and then they have the data in the back end on you know completion rates, what people struggled with, etc. And if if they uh, struggle with content creation, do you also have like a library, or do you do, can they subscribe to other uh, training content, or do they so need to build a, we've got themselves? A, yeah, we've got a learning uh, a learning services team, mm-hmm. so they can work with our in house team either just on you know workshopping out workshopping uh, their strategy, learning strategy, or uh, co creating, or we'll create some content for them. What we have found today is um, most people want to tell their story in their way. And so they want to be able to build their content that that aligns with their brand, their values um, in a very simple way. So we've been very focused on kind of productizing the learning design so that they can do that rather than building out a large content library. So last question, success um, for the rest of the year, what does it look like for you? It's being able to deliver um, for more people, more people being successful at work across more deskless industries. Well, I love that. I love that. Um, Jacob, thank you so much for your time. You've been wonderful and I love what you're doing. Thank you. And thanks for having me on the pod. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.